0: You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League,
1: powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Monday morning. Break it down. Everything we saw Sunday, week seven. We still have one more game to go. Monday night football. We'll break that one down tomorrow. Saints and Seahawks, Matt, but I think we can cover every game today with six teams on by. It was a lot of fun at BDPeacock on Twitter, at Williamson NFL. Get some questions in for Twitter Tuesday if we successfully do cover all of these football games from week seven Sunday on today's program. Matt, I want to go to the division you're most familiar with to start this off and the AFC North with those Bengals throwing down 41 on the road in Baltimore against the Ravens, both those teams now five and two getting a little interesting there.
1: Very interesting. I mean I, I looked at this game for those who remember, I picked the, the Ravens and I laid six and a half or whatever it was six, seven, six and a half whatever it was and just thought this is more about the Bengals than the Ravens. If they can make this thing close, I'm gonna be in the uh, the Bengals corner, you know just hang around with a good team in Baltimore. All the stuff Martindale throws at young quarterbacks, well, they did more than hang around. I mean, they, this was competitive for a while, and then they just ran away with it in the second half. I mean, outscored them 28-7 to in the se- second half. Burrow was awesome and really has become the face and the heart of the franchise. And it's, you can just tell his competitiveness and confidence is you know, overwhelming to those around him. Uh no one seems to be questioning the Jamar Chase for Penny Sewell conversation at the moment. I mean, Chase is just ridiculously good and yeah. setting records left and right.
0: I gotta definitely take the, I, yeah. the L on that one because I didn't even have Jamar Chase as my number one receiver. I thought Devontae Smith was number one, Chase was two, and Waddle yeah. was three. Uh that is definitely not the order they went in. And right now, seeing what Jamar Chase was doing, and he was like talking about the stripes on the football and it's a different shape and couldn't catch it Weird, in the yeah. preseason. It's like, oh no. That drops. <laughs> and all of a sudden he's like Uh, Somebody called him like a smaller TO in that Bengals uniform. Um, He is just going off. 750 yards in seven games, eight catches for 200. 20 yards per catch on the season. Um, he's making big plays after the catch, running through tackles. He's making plays down the field. That connection with Burrow coming from LSU, uh, I mean, that. I mean, just unbelievable. He's playing such good ball, and I don't think any Bengals fans are looking at that draft anymore and thinking they should have drafted Soul, even though it wouldn't have been a bad pick. But, um, oh, you know, right. Jamar Chase is just that good.
1: Oh, he is. I mean, he's a special player. Um, it allows – Higgins and now Azuma to kind of take, you know, secondary roles. I mean, Boyd's kind of been forgotten, but they got the tight end involved. They're balanced. They're running the ball well and throwing it well. I mean, and the defense, I think, is the story here. The defense is well coached, fast. I mean, they have a lot of guys on that team led by Wilson, the linebacker. They haven't had a good linebacker in forever. And they have a good linebacker now. They have depth at all areas. The defensive front is much better than people realize. Um, Hendrickson, I thought, man, they took a step back from Lawson to Hendrickson. No, you know, I mean, he's been a force. Uh, You know, they've they've invested heavily in the defense the last two off seasons. Last year, we didn't see it because everybody they invested in got hurt last year. So they didn't see the DJ readers of the world and all these guys. And I'm not super worried about Baltimore, but they don't have any running backs and they treat it that way. And it's just so much on Lamar. And you know, since he played a lot of man coverage and even if Lamar broke some runs, so be it, they tracked them down with good team speed. I mean, the rest of their rushers are just junk and um, it, it's a tough formula. And Baltimore's defense isn't where quite where we're accustomed to be, but boy, this Bengals are legit.
0: Sam Hubbard, two and a half sacks on that Bengals defense in this game. Mm. Um, Yeah, and that is there anything to take away from the Ravens? Again, they're they've sort of been an up and down team, and they show some warts. You're like, "Eh, I don't know about the Ravens in a couple weeks, right? Wow, okay, Ravens are. It doesn't matter about the running backs; they're legit. And um, I think they, when you don't get that that sort of Superman performance from Lamar Jackson, it might be tough in some weeks for the Ravens against good football teams. So that worries me when they get into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, uh, without question. I mean, they're very dependent on one guy, and they have a couple receivers, which is fine, but. We know they're not a come-from-behind type of team, and I still think they're very legit. And if these teams played 100 times, I'm not sure that Cincy wins 70 of them or anything like that, but um, they could play twice more. I mean, I think both these teams are probably going to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, that was going to be my question. We're looking at two playoff teams, right? Especially those Bengals. uh, You can't punch their ticket yet. It's only seven weeks into the season, but it's looking really good for those two teams at the top of that division right now.
1: Without question, without question. And the, the Steelers and Browns are in trouble You know, trying to catch up, and then they play this week. So a very interesting division, and I didn't count on the Bengals being this relevant for this long. I mean, I think their over-under win total was like six or something this year in Vegas.
0: Aaron Rodgers woke up Sunday morning saying his back was killing him. It was all locked up. He had to show up early for treatment in order to go out and even play Sunday. And he played okay in those... Packers did beat Washington at home in Green Bay 24-10. to And it was the usual formula. A lot of Aaron Rodgers throwing to Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams leads the league in target percentage for his team. Over 40% of those Green Bay targets go to, more like 45% of the Green Bay targets go to Devontae Adams there. Aaron Rodgers, three touchdown passes. 274 yards passing just kind of handling some business they didn't really run the ball that well either so they needed him even though he had a bad back after getting treatment Sunday morning but it is a little nugget to, to think about a little worrisome down the road if in week seven Aaron Rodgers is having a little bit of a back problem is that going to be okay in those cold months and in December and January
1: yeah great point you not, not the youngest guy around either obviously um backs tend to linger of course uh it seems so redundant. It seems like every Monday we get together and I say, boy, the Packers had a, another business trip. You know I mean? Just took care of business. Didn't blow anybody out. Didn't blow you away with fantasy. Rogers made all the plays, made it look easy. Was game was pretty much always in control. And I feel like this was the same story and Washington made some mistakes and really floundered, Down by the red zone, a couple, you know, down by the goal line a few times that maybe this game's a little different. They showed some signs of life and got McLaurin back involved and they have weapons and the defense wasn't terrible. Maybe it's making strides, but uh, Heineke's very limited and, you know, he made some mistakes as well. And uh, I mean, I mean that as praise for Green Bay that they just do what they have to do to win in not super flashy or spectacular fashion.
0: Terry McLaurin, he did have a drop. I saw it was kind of ugly, but then he had an amazing catch where He went up and got a ball that he had no business catching. Seven receptions for 122 yards, 12 targets. They were just trying to pepper him the ball and see if they could try to yeah. come back and win that football game. But I, I think overall we know a lot about these teams and it played out about as you would expect. But it, the, my main takeaway with the Packers right now is you got to start looking at Matt LaFleur and, like, I mean – it's not a fluke. They were 13 and 3, 13 and 3, and now 6 and 1 in his three seasons as a head coach. And I know you got a Hall of Fame quarterback, but it didn't even look this good prior to Matt LaFleur showing up. And that's with some questions on the defensive side of the ball and, and changing defensive coordinators and things.
1: Yeah, that's uh, a spectacular point. I mean, the consistency over this short stretch as the head coach of just putting up wins year after year now is kind of unheard of. I mean, he's like on list now for most wins ever in his first 40 games or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. those type of things. And, you know, we'll keep up without Rodgers next year, if that's the way it goes. Who knows? Who cares? You know, I mean, ride this thing out. They got a great thing going. Rodgers is playing really well. They've overcome a lot of injuries, you know, Bakhtiari and Alexander and all these guys, and they're just winning. I mean, again, if you just – if it wasn't for that goofy week one – I think everyone would have Packers, what, one or two in their power ranks. Probably, yeah,
0: probably even number one. Yeah, right, right. Rashawn Gary had a couple of sacks in this game. If he shows up and starts acting like that high first-round pick like he was – uh, that would be huge for this Packers defense. He even showed a little bit because he never really had the ability to get around the corner. Just sort of like stiff and locked up athlete, even though he's really athletic and explosive. And yeah. um, you see that a lot with you know college players who can run through guys and are just so athletic. They get in the NFL and they can't really turn the corner and don't have a lot of counter moves. Maybe in what is it year three now for him? Figuring it out a little bit. That would be that would be huge for that Packers defense.
1: I'm glad you brought him up because he's. I'm not picking on Michigan. I got no bones against Michigan, but that's where great athletes seem to go to die. You know, <laughs> people's Jones and Gary and all these guys are, you know, you, you read their draft profiles or, you know, really watch them as draft prospects and be like, boy, there's so much here to work with, but not really productive in college. Like, why? And Gary has really stepped up. And what's interesting to me is they have not had Zadarius Smith. But now they're going to have Gary, who can kick inside, Zadarius Smith, who can kick inside, Preston Smith, and they picked up Whitney Merciless for nothing. You know, like all of a sudden, they got some dudes to put with Kenny Clark and their interior guys. So pretty interesting group.
0: Yeah, put together a little race car package, and Zadarius is the best one out of all of them. So that's huge getting him back. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's move along. We've got a bunch of games to get to. We're going to try to finish them all today. Recap everything we saw from Week 7 Sunday.
1: Folks, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. Uh, It's called Direct Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows, whatever you want, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and the mess and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Um you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com
0: Matt where is your worry meter for the Kansas City Chiefs who we saw Patrick Mahomes get shaken up leave that football game they've got the most turnovers in the NFL if i'm not mistaken right now uh and losing in Tennessee to the Titans who we got to start talking about the Titans as well right now but three and four on the season. They got beat 27 to three. That's just not something we've seen from this iteration of the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: No, I mean, Tennessee beating Buffalo and then KC. Wow. You know, so first off, I'm on board with them. I I think uh, Tannehill played really well by Henry's standard. This wasn't a dominant game, but so what? I mean, he impacts the game in such a a massive way. AJ Brown looked like AJ Brown. So, This team's playing well, and they rush the passer well now. I mean, I don't know that there's any unit that improved as much as Tennessee's pass rush from last year. It was so bad a year ago. But, yeah, I'm worried about Kansas City. I mean, do I think they're going to end up in the playoffs? Yeah, but they have a losing record, and Mahomes is putting the ball in harm's way and not protecting it nearly well enough, and you're not getting as much spectacular, and – the, the numbers don't really reflect it, but I don't think Tyreek's 100%, and that has a big ripple effect to the offense. And I, I know this is something I brought up before, but I look at this team and just keep thinking, what if they drafted Jonathan Taylor instead of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? And what I mean by that is, I mean, I'm not trying to just be revisionist, but if you had a real bell cow power back behind that line, when things kind of go sideways with the passing game and the formula that's worked so long, you could lean on another thing that they just don't have right now, and the defense obviously is a liability. It's it's odd. I mean, it's odd to talk about the Chiefs in this light,
0: right? And Mahomes did pass concussion protocol, so it's not going to be a long term deal for them. So that's okay. Yeah. But you, you still got to worry about how they're playing overall. Uh, the not just interceptions, but their fumbles. They're turning the ball over, and when you when their defense is playing the way it is, you also can't give the opponent extra. Field position and extra opportunities on top of that,
1: without without a doubt, you know. I mean, they're not only is the defense bad, but even during their great stretches, the defense has been kind of hit or miss at times. But they always would have a big play, a big sack, you know, a pick six. I mean, like they're not developing those things either. It's pretty obvious that Mahomes is trying to compensate, and I don't want to say there's a blueprint for the Chiefs' offense, but people aren't allowing the big play no matter what. And again. They don't fear the run game. There's, they're not going to control the ball with the, the run game at all. Just puts a lot on Mahomes' plate, and, and he's not being patient to just take what the defense gives them in kind of a Brady-like way. You know, they need to kind of take a step back and see where they're at. And I'm not sure Kelsey's 100% either. I mean, Kelsey and Hill, to me, are not quite themselves, and if they're not the, the best players in the league at their position, well, this team suffers a little bit.
0: A.J. Brown, eight catches for 133 and a touchdown. I hope listeners used your advice, Matt, and went and tried to trade for him uh, a week or two ago. I unsuccessfully tried to do that. I I couldn't pry A.J. Brown out of the owner's hands that had him. Um, And then my other note here is Derrick Henry. And, like, look, if you're the Titans, you get an early lead, especially on a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. (laughs) Like, fire it up. Three yards per carry, doesn't matter. 29 carries for Derrick Henry. And it's amazing what he's doing, and I hope he doesn't break down. But it's looking like he's not going to, just a a different dude.
1: Yeah, and, frankly, he's in the MVP conversation. You know, I mean, imagine where the Titans would be without Henry. He's Mm. been amazing. And even this game wasn't his best, but, boy, he impacted in a great way. Um, we saw Chad Henney in this game, meant to mention this before with Cincinnati, a lot of backup quarterbacks saw the field in this game, you know, Sam Darnold or this week, Sam Darnold was benched. You know, we knew there was going to be a lot of blowouts and there were, so some guys came off the bench and mop up duty, but I didn't expect to see Chad Henney, you know, come in and mop this thing up.
0: And any team that's winning a lot of games, you can probably even if it's harder to find in the box score, you can probably say, you know what, I bet this team is playing pretty good on both sides of the ball up front, and the Titans' offensive line and defensive line are both doing those things, and Harold Landry's breakout continues another sack. He's got seven and a half sacks on the season right now.
1: Yeah, I read something this morning that we were talking about Hendrickson earlier from the Bengals about most pressures on the year, and he's one of the guys ahead of Hendrickson. I mean, he's at the very top of the league. I mean, really having a great year. And I think it helps to have a Bud Dupree on the other side who's starting to play okay. And Autry had two sacks in this game too. So much better up front than you bring up Simmons a lot. I think Simmons is a great young player too.
0: There's a fun one in Miami with the Falcons beating the Dolphins 30-28. to 28. And the Dolphins making that comeback attempt late and got it close. And this is when you shake your fist at Vegas, right? I think we both took the Falcons two and a half and they end up winning by two.
1: Yeah, although... My favorite bet of the week was the over in this game, and I was very happy about it. And this, you know, I don't think either one of these defenses is particularly good. Matt Ryan coming off a bye, you know, Pitts has like found himself now and was awesome in this game. Mm -hmm. Holy cow.
0: Yeah. Pitts and Jamar Chase, the first two non quarterback prospects in that draft class, and seeing what they're doing now, and now the way they're using Pitts, and he went up. On the outside, just lined up as a wide receiver and just oh. got beat over and and beat uh, Xavier Rhodes or Xavier um Xavier uh, Howard. Howard over right. over the top. Yeah, a perfect throw by Matt Ryan, but it's like he could do that. Oh yeah, and he can do all these tight end things too. He's a mismatch problem. Uh Seeing him hit his stride in that offense, you know, with a good quarterback too, is going to be massive. So, um, yeah, keep Kyle Pitts in your fantasy football lineups, and oh. they got a really good one there. He's just he's a, he is a freak of nature. He's he he. I would not be shocked if in the next 18 months, people are just like, oh, yeah, Kyle Pitts, the best tight end in the NFL, period.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, even last week, Ryan McDowell and I on Locked on Dynasty were saying, for Dynasty, he's number one now. I mean, when you factor in age and everything, like, I'm not trading Pitts for Kelsey. No way. You know what I mean? Like, this no. guy just scratching the surface. By the way, it was happy tight end day to you, belated. Oh, yeah. Tight tight end day was yesterday. National Tight ends
0: day. And there was some. uh, (laughs) Kyle Pitts was definitely celebrating that one. His first National Tight ends day in the league.
1: No Kittle or Waller on National Tight end day. That's a shame. But um, Gasecki, how about that for tight end segue there? Both these guys really playing well. Tua had two really bad picks. And in the end, that might be the difference in this game. But I thought he's played well since he's been back from injury. I thought he played well in London. Miles Gaskin is useful. I mean their running game isn't strong at all. And again, this Falcons D is bad. But it's Waddle and Gasecki getting tons of targets, kind of like Pitts and Ridley to some degree. You know, I mean that they have two really good players, you know, the weapons. Um I thought Ryan threw the ball really well, especially downfield. Like I was making fun of him the first month of the season. Like this guy never even throws to the sticks. And now he's pushing the ball downfield. So um, both these teams, I think, both these offenses to me are getting better. I think the defenses are troubling a little bit, and boy, the Dolphins are in a bad spot at one and six.
0: Oh, they're in a terrible spot, and the, <laughs> that that trade looks worse and worse going up to get Waddle and uh, trading that draft Horrible. pick. Yeah. And um, I, I, I've been impressed with Tua just being able to maintain. With the whole Watson thing hanging over his head, and just hearing Brian Flores and Tua talk and said, "Yeah, we talked privately about it," and and uh, Brian Flores wouldn't even say Tua's name. He's like, "I, I like our quarterback," kind of thing. Is like, oh, that's yeah. definitely there's something going on behind the scenes. But there's a team we're going to talk about in a second that might have jumped into this thing, and it might make it go longer, and it might actually end up being a bidding war where the Texans can get that full value that I never expected they were going to be able to get this year. Um, but, to, uh, like, <clears throat> my last note, and watching the Miami Dolphins, they're just not a fun team to watch. And no. just, they got to lead the league in RPOs. It's just like, okay, over and over again, it's like, what are you doing? And maybe that's why they're like, okay, let's go get a, a superstar quarterback because we want to do more on offense.
1: Yeah, and I think part of it's because the O-line is poor and they can't protect for drop-back passing and things like that. Uh, while we're talking about Watson, a little birdie that's – I'm not a reporter. I'm not a newsbreaker. I'm not an insider. Rarely do I see these say these things on this podcast. But a reliable little birdie told me Carolina is very in this.
0: Breaking news sounder, the Carolina Panthers. Okay. That's that that was this perfect segue because that's the team I wanted to talk about because, yeah, there is some rumblings about those Carolina Panthers jumping into it. It was almost like. As soon as the, the clock struck zero on that game, where the Panthers lost 25 to three, a lot of blowouts oh this my. week, by the way. Yeah, I know. Christmas. Yeah. They lost 25 to three to the New York Giants, who power rankings wise was what, bottom three or four team for us? At least yeah, for me. And all and,
1: sorts of injuries.
0: And Sam Darnold becoming old Sam Darnold, turning the ball over, not looking good after the hot start to the season, much like the Broncos. This team started 3 and 0 and have lost four straight. And it was almost like as soon as the game ended, the Panthers said, yeah, let you know what, let's call the Texans like that's that. And the report started right then.
1: Yeah. And I think this has been going on a little longer from what I've been told. It makes so much sense. I mean, bring him back to that area of the country, build the team around the Clemson kid, you know, all those things. The Darnold experiment has gone very, very south and. I pushed it away a little early in this decline, thinking, "Boy, the line and McCaffrey would sure help Darnold, but he deserved to get benched." I mean, he, again, we've seen a lot of these backup quarterbacks. Um, I don't know what to take away from the Giants, though. I mean, they're they're winning without they win this game without Barkley and their top receivers, and Jones is catching passes out there and playing well, and the defense, you know, pretty much shuts down the the Panther run game. Um, Pretty impressive performance by the Giants. Much needed, you know, build some optimism around these guys. But, man, I really believed after the first month, and I know their opening schedule was garbage. I thought the Panthers were a potential wildcard team, and they are not. They're not going to win anymore, I don't think.
0: I would like to highlight one player on that Giants defense. One of my favorite second-round steals in this draft was Aziz Ojolari, edge rusher Mm -hmm. out of Georgia. Two and a half sacks in this game. I know he had a week one sack. I'm not sure – uh, how he's done in between, but five and a half sacks on the season now for Aziz O'Shallari, the rookie, and you know he's he's not the the tallest guy. He's got long arms, and and I thought he was a first round type of player because he was a legitimate pass rusher in the NFL. Hit the quarterback four times, hit Sam Darnold four times in this game. Uh, that's huge for that defense. So that's probably a lot of the reason why is the is the the Giants' defense played pretty well and hassled Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold gave the ball back to that Giants defense and let the Giants offense back on the field. I think that was a huge part of this football game.
1: I'm glad you mentioned ojalari It looks like a, a very good first and second round draft for the Giants. People get on Gettleman, but ojalari and Tony, from what we've seen of those guys, are impact rookies. And Gettleman and traded looked, down. Good. Can
0: I add that? He traded down, which he never does. Like i, I got to give wow. him his props. This is definitely their best draft. I don't know if it's enough to save his job, but right. he ended, he ended well, if, if, if that's the case.
1: But they've been looking for an edge guy forever. You right. know, I mean, all their pass rushes come from the Leonard Williams' types of the world. I mean, now you throw an edge guy in there that's a, a bender and an explosive player. That's a big deal for this team. So there's pieces in New York. And I don't know know exactly what I feel about, about Daniel Jones, but sometimes I like him, sometimes
0: I don't. Is there any takeaways from this absolute beatdown of the New England Patriots? 54 to 13 over the New York Jets. I mean, the New York Jets didn't even belong in the same field with the Patriots. Is this just like uh, uh, the ownership thing we talked about with like Bill Belichick saying, Yeah, the Jets aren't going to come in here and beat us, period. And I don't care how bad we're playing right now. Uh, they just thoroughly dominated this football game. And Zach Wilson left with an injury. Looks like maybe a PCL sprain. So he might go on IR for a few weeks, which is a terrible. Um, it didn't really matter. The offense wasn't moving much either. It's not like it was better with Mike White. I think they moved the ball a little bit right when White came in and then you know, yeah, a couple the picks and reach. it looked bad again. So, yeah, yeah just – just a, the Jets might have to drop down to, to number 32 in the power rankings at this point. Just was because like say a say team like too. the Jaguars had a bye week and didn't look as bad and fr- as fresh in my mind.
1: Yeah, and I took the Jets plus seven with the thoughts of coming off their bye, Wilson and Salah have, you know, done this – NFL thing in their roles for a little over a month they should understand what things are about take a step back they don't they have some weapons you know maybe to get a little healthier they can rush the passer they'll keep it close against Big Brother the Patriots have owned the Jets I mean I, I'd have to go back and see Belichick's you know uh, all-time record against the Jets but it has to be remarkable and frankly I didn't think the Patriots could beat anybody by 7 10 14 let alone by 31. <laughs> so that, that shocked me that New England put up as much you know, firepower as they did and just moved the ball at will from the beginning. And Mac Jones pushed the ball down the field. Andy took the safe throws. Andy didn't hurt the team, but was a little more aggressive than usual in this one. Very encouraging. Um, I'm not exactly on the Patriots bandwagon, but I am desperately off the Jets bandwagon. And I'm going to tell – a shot in the dark of optimism here. Maybe if Wilson sounds like he's going to miss a few weeks, but not the season, it might do the rookie some good to just not play for a month. I, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but just take a step back and let the world slow down a little bit. You know, the big apple and all the pressure on him, and he treats it kind of like he's still at BYU. Like he, he might be better off just not playing for a month. I'm
0: blown away. That And it's not because they needed a better backup to come in and win games for them. I'm blown away they didn't bring in more of a veteran backup type to, to help him out that has played in that Shanahan-style offense before. And, and the 49ers had a couple of backup quarterbacks, you know, C.J. Bethard and Nick Mullins. They were available for nothing. Like, how could you not bring in one of those backup quarterbacks just to help your quarterback along that you just spent so many resources on to draft number two overall? Don't you want to help him out and have somebody else who's played in that offense to help oh, coach him I on the field? Oh, you I know?
1: At the time, I mean, yeah. going into the season, they didn't have any quarterback on the roster to throw an NFL pass. And, you know, my son and I are sitting there watching and he got hurt. And I'm like, did they pick somebody up or who is going to come in this game? And I'm like, is it White? Is it Morgan? Like, who's inactive on game day? You know, like even if it was a Matt Schaub or a Josh McCown mentor, big brother guy, right. that would have paid off for these guys. Oh, you know? absolutely. I, it's funny. Yeah.
0: like Mike White's one of those guys he walks by you on the street. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know who the heck he was, you know.
1: No. Um, I'm not positive where he went to school now.
0: (laughs) It's a plain name, too. He's like Mike White. It's like a computer generated Melbatos video game player. Um, Kendrick Bourne, (laughs) touchdown pass in this one. Even the trick, like, this is Belichick just pouring it on, too. Kendrick Bourne, touchdown pass to uh, to Nelson Aguilar, 25 yarder.
1: (laughs) Yeah, interesting for sure. Damian Harris with a big day as well. And. I mean, he only ran the ball 14 times, and then they kind of brought in the J.J. Taylors and Boldens and those type of guys, but I felt like Harris could have ran for 250 against these guys if that was the goal from you know start to finish for 60 minutes. So, yeah, I mean, a couple of their dudes, Aguilar had a nice touchdown, and you know, um, Jacoby Myers still can't find the end zone, even though New England put up 54 points, which is bonkers. I, again, I'm not super into the P- Patriots. I don't like their roster, but All the respect in the world for Belichick, of course, and I do think Mac Jones has been a massive success story so far.
0: Good lesson for Robert Saul in the AFC East. He's got to go against that guy a couple times a year. Yeah. All right, let's move along to some of these afternoon and evening games, a wet one in San Francisco, Bears, Buccaneers, some more blowouts, uh, but I think one pretty good game that I want to cover a little bit closer coming up. All right, NFL fans, there's an app out there that everybody needs to know about, especially those of you who get gas, which is probably most of you, especially those driving in the mornings, listening to their favorite podcasts. And our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's $0.50 cents cash back on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get upside just download the app for free and use promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back and there's no catch you can cash out anytime to your bank account paypal or an e-gift card super easy use promo code touchdown to get that bonus of up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank that's code touchdown on the get upside app do you want 15% off a box of Built Bars? Well, I'm going to tell you how to do it. You can get any of their fantastic original flavors. They've got some marshmallowy puff flavors right now and the newest blueberry muffin, which is fantastic, shooting up my power rankings for Built Bar flavors. What's your favorite flavor? Get 15% off at Built.com. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. Uh, Maybe you want a little bit more protein, you can get up to 18 grams of protein in some flavors, like the peanut butter, which is my favorite, but there's a ton of great flavors, all covered in delicious 100% chocolate the nine original flavors a bunch of new flavors i think they got 18 flavors up there you can build your own box and mix and match flavors that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com i want to highlight give us a little pat on the back matt and highlight those Detroit Lions who came out wow. on fire against the Rams. I loved it. Onside kick in the first quarter, fake punt in the first quarter, jumping out uh, with 10 points early in that game. They weren't able to hang on, but, you know, they covered that 16 points very easily. That was a fun game, I love seeing Dan Campbell's team come out like that.
1: Oh, man. He's my made my new favorite head coach. Heck with Belichick <laughs> and, you know, Reed and these guys. Give me Dan Campbell. I mean, he's just so... Aggressive and lays it all on the sleeve and realizes that they're at a talent disadvantage and you kind of spelled it out. I mean, they, they dumped the ball off the swift he takes it to the house early on so they were playing with a lead from the bat immediate surprise on side after that get the ball you mentioned the fake punt there was two of them and they converted on both of them so they converted on two fake punts and an onside kick that's (laughs) awesome and just hung around you know i mean they played they laid it all out there i mean that's all you can say about them the rams are the better team the rams are going to win 99 out of 100 probably and you know the longer the game goes the more the disadvantage the lions are against such a good team as the rams and i wanted to say this before too i think there's five nfc teams now that are they're the ones fighting for the, the top spot, yeah. and, and the Rams are one of them. And then there's a gap after those
0: five. Um,
1: and the other
0: teams that aren't those top five are, are losing, too. Like it, It's going to be a little bit easier for some team to have not the greatest record and sneak into the playoffs in the NFC, and I didn't think that would be the case.
1: I think it's going to – I mean, since they're playing tonight, I think it sets up really well for the Saints. I expect the Saints to win tonight. That was one of my favorite bets of the week, too. My, my three favorite bets were Saints minus five and a half. Um, I bet against your Niners. I was pretty happy about that. And then that over-under in the, the Dolphins game. So maybe I'll get them all right. But if the Saints win tonight in Seattle, I think they might be the clear six in the NFC. I,
0: I think right now, if you had to put money on teams, maybe Saints-Vikings. And the Vikings, just by yeah, not like playing and not losing, help themselves out at 500.
1: Yeah. Or if Seattle wins tonight and we get news about Russell Wilson... I always count that team out, and they somehow win 10 games, you know?
0: And last note on the Lions, play Jack Fox, the punter at quarterback, maybe. Because uh, Jared Goff's still a couple picks. And it's like, oh, God, maybe yeah. they just ran the ball a few more times. Maybe they could have pulled off the upset there. With uh, They were leading into the fourth quarter of that game. But anyway, that made that one very fun, and it didn't turn into a blowout that some of these other games did. Like Cardinals 31-5 to over the Texans. The Texans now are in that, uh, and, and they've sort of like – gone into their shell offensively they don't want to try too much because they you know don't want disasters to happen and uh that's that's a really bad situation the Jets I know I just said they might be 32 but that's hard and they're going to play each other Jets and Texans so this will all play out for that number one pick in the draft I think this year
1: yeah and I don't think we've spent a lot of time on you know one versus 32 type of game here with Cardinals Texans but it started slow for Arizona there was a stretch here it was two nothing then i think it was 5-3 for a while and then the cardinals just start blowing them out and, and predictably i mean the, the texans don't have much but their d-line was getting after kyler to begin this game murray played really really well i mean he's throwing the ball really well i don't have the percentage in front of me but his deep passing completion percentage is like well over 70% like it's it's better than most quarterbacks total completion percentage so he's attacking at all levels really really well their receiving core is hard to deal with you know now you throw hurts in there and aj green looks like he still has juice left and you know, they got five receivers and two backs and a really good quarterback
0: you know that's really important for a young quarterback i think is to get receivers like that even an aj green but DeAndre Hopkins, guys with those types of ball skills where yeah. they can help you out if you throw it up. And it, at worst, they can play defender because they know where the ball is and they've got ball skills. And that's so important. You see it time after time in the NFL where there's just a guy with DeAndre Hopkins, especially he's got the better ball skills than your defensive back. So oh, yeah. let him let him make an opportunity. And so when you have a good deep ball thrower mixed with someone like that, um, yeah, it bodes well for your team getting the ball down the field a little bit.
1: Yeah, they are really clicking. The defense is as good as it's been all year. Get after the passer. Again, I mean they they'll blow out the Texans every time. Tennessee st- or Houston stuck around for a little.
0: How about? Yeah, they had a two nothing lead. The Texans did in that one yeah, <laughs> in right. the first quarter. Uh, the Raiders they continued to roll. Matt started slow but came on with seventeen second quarter points and beat those Eagles thirty three to twenty two.
1: Yeah, this is another one. that kind of started slow for the, the team that end up blowing them out. And Derek Carr played a very efficient game. Um, a note here that is kind of troubling is both running backs that were drafted in the same class were left this game. Miles Sanders has been so vastly underused this year. That makes me crazy. And just when Jacobs was starting to like be an every down guy and catching passes and novel concept, I mean, did so well in Alabama, um, he gets hurt again like I can't, can't count on him to stay healthy at all but Drake is was fine the Eagles are kind of rudderless I mean I, I mentioned the the back all the backup quarterbacks have played and there's two that I would have loved to seen that were inactive and that's your guy Trey Lance which we'll get to and Minshew like I'm not blaming this all on Hurts but he shows me time and time again that he is not a good enough thrower. I would have loved to see Minshew at least be active and see what he could do in garbage time or get a shot at some point this year. But give the Raiders credit. I'm not a- avoiding that. Again, no Darren Waller on tight end day. MRO leads a team in yards. He's a good player that people don't talk about that's kind of blocked. Goddard played well, speaking of tight end day. But the Raiders are the Raiders are a contender. I mean, they're a playoff-type contender. The Eagles are far from it, and they're going to need all three of those first round picks.
0: Yeah, and they had to lean on Derek Carr to be, you know, just efficient and a really good quarterback in this game. Did throw the one pick, but 323 yards, a couple touchdowns, no Waller. He didn't get the big play from Henry Ruggs in this game like he's gotten recently, so he had to, you know, march down the field and make good throws. And the Foster Moreaus and Hunter Renfro and Brian Edwards and Zay Jones and, you know, Josh Jacobs out of the backfield. So I think that was a good sign that, you know, Derek Carr can play and go win a game for you and not have to lean on superstar receivers either.
1: Yeah. And early in the year, I kind of looked at the Raiders defense too and thought, yeah, it's playing pretty well, but deep down, I think they stink. They don't stink. You know, they rush the passer well off the edge, Crosby and the dockway. Um, The defense is good enough to win with, if not better. And it's the best it's been in a long time.
0: Eagles kind of do stink. They've got that defensive line and that defense interior. And offensive lines pretty well but like so Jalen Hurts I'm playing against him in fantasy football and I'm like oh that's that that's cool he didn't get very many points because I'm watching the game and he didn't look good at all and then he's got 22 fantasy points and it's one of those things where it just doesn't match up with the player on the field with how many fantasy points he's getting each week
1: no it happens every week and you know he has the bulk of their carries yeah, uh, they still don't use the running backs well at all. So many RPOs, and he tends to run it on those, you know, circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like this team doesn't know what they are at all.
0: Not high hopes for where the Eagles are going this year. Now at two and five, the Raiders though at five and two, and up a couple games on those Kansas City Chiefs. How about the Bears and the Buccaneers? Two teams obviously going in two different directions, and I'm. Sh- I'm getting really worried about that Bears coaching staff. They, For the second week in a row, they told their rookie quarterback, Justin Fields, in his helmet, hey, snap the ball quickly because we've got a penalty, 12 men on the field. So he does, and it ends up not being a penalty and not a free play. And he throws an interception because he thinks it's a free play. It's like, I mean, <laughs> uh, how much worse can you coach a, a, a guy? And then there was this report after the game where – um, Justin and Justin Fields is funny because he's not pulling any punches here. He's not trying to, and I, I think naively he's not trying to hide any information from reporters because he let them know that in the post game, and then he also let him know he's like yeah it was weird because um, our offensive line coach tested positive for COVID, yet he's in the the meeting room and meeting with the the offensive lineman before the game, and it was like well wait a second, and so like there's some broken good. protocols there. Like I don't trust at all what's going on there with Matt Nagy's coaching staff.
1: And you probably didn't see this because I got a blurb on my phone. Honestly, one minute ago, Matt Nagy has passed is is now positive for COVID. That's the very latest (laughs) news. Oh, my God. Well, there you go. There you go. Right. I mean, I guess we could have seen that coming with everything you just laid out. And I would imagine he's not going to coach this week. And I'm sure people are out. I mean, I wish Matt Nagy the best. I hope he's fine. But I'm sure there's some Bears fans saying, good. You know, like, let's just try something different with this coaching staff. And these guys are begging to get fired. Fields, I feel for him, man. I mean, against this defense too. When I had red zone on, it seemed like every time it would cut to the the Bears when they had the ball was him getting sacked or hit when he threw mm-hmm. or throwing a pick or under pressure. And he and he he's naturally a hold the ball too long kind of guy, right. and that's a bad formula right now too. I mean, with that line is bad. I mean, it's like Allen Robinson fell off the face of the earth and their defense is no match for Brady. Congrats to Mr. Brady. He throws number 600. And then Mike Evans takes it up to some dude in the stands, and then they make some kind of deal to get it away from him. The fan got screwed, fan really got screwed
0: wanna... on that deal. Like, he probably could have pulled six figures out of that ball, right? And there, I think they gave him, like, some merchandise and signed jerseys and maybe up to $1,000 and team merchandise. It was like, oh, come on, that's like two jerseys in a uh yeah, you know, like maybe a, a foam finger or something. That's not even that much at the, at the Buccaneers yeah, it's like it's store. The and yeah, so uh, I, I feel like they got to keep pouring it on with that guy. Maybe Mr. Brady himself or whoever ends up with that ball needs to, because I mean that you throw it in your bag, you take a little walk. That's six figures. And I saw somebody saying that's maybe half a mil.
1: I was the same way because my son and I were joking about it. And he's like, what do you think they gave him that? I'm like, if that guy would have handed me the ball, I would say, "Go tell your owner to write me a check for a hundred grand, and it's all yours." You right. know? And and that that's a drop in the bucket for them for the six hundredth touchdown ball ever that's going to Canton. You easily, I mean, he got a jersey or something out of it. Like, come on, I and, mean, I don't know what happened, but and the
0: you know. thing is, that's not something that's you know, it's not like number four hundred where people have done it before. This right. is the There's one and only, there, and right. you know, and it may get surpassed at some point, but not in the near future, right?
1: Oh, or ever, or who knows, you know, but Brady was in total control. Oh, congratulations. Also. And this puts it in perspective. <laughs> I was at, the, we were, what we just go back to that Rams lions game. Again, my son and I were watching and he's like, who's this commentator? I'm like, Oh, it's Mark Sanchez. And I'm like, Mark Sanchez was drafted a couple spots after Matthew Stafford, who is the quarterback in this game he's calling. And we weren't sure who was the better guy coming out of school way back when. And, and what I'm saying with this is, congrats <laughs> to Matthew Stafford, I mean, his contemporaries in the booth now, for throwing his 300th touchdown today. Oh, like, wow. And Brady doubled it. You <laughs> know, like, wow.
0: That is pretty crazy. That definitely puts it into perspective there. Because, yeah. yeah, Stafford, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL through the span. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, you know, obviously, Brady has some years on him, but that's pretty amazing.
1: That's pretty amazing. But they dominated, and Brady just picked picked these guys apart. And one Wayne positive. Gabbard in the fourth quarter, and.
0: Sorry, one positive note here with uh, with the Bears, and that's rookie running back Khalil Herbert. I mean, he's, he's not good. gonna, he shouldn't give up all his carries to Montgomery when he comes back. It should at least be a little bit of a a timeshare there because he's he's legit. He hits the hole hard. He's got vision. He's got everything you need to be an NFL running back.
1: He really does. And nobody runs on the box. And he got to 100 yards. And he's legit. He's got a little more juice than Montgomery, in my opinion, too. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, and I'm not saying he's a better player, but um, it's I think it's a competition. And it looks um, a little
0: different. So, you know, at least a one two yeah. punch, but you're definitely not going to put him back to third string and and uh, no. put him in, you know, put him on the bench again.
1: No. I mean, I'm really worried about Fields and I'm not really worried about the Bucs. They're, of course, one of those five teams in the NFC that I was referring to. Leonard Ford, that's good all of a sudden, too. Like, I, and, I think it's mostly circumstance and yeah. Brady just lighting the fire under the guy. He's still kind of a clunky runner, but they rely on him and they like him.
0: And it's good for these games too because you need that power element yeah, yeah. at running back. They don't need a you know uh, a huge speed element there on offense. The passing game rules it, and then it's a good compliment, I think. And you know, especially when you get an early twenty-one nothing lead in the first quarter, it's a, it's a four net type of game, or at least it should be. Um, one last note on this game, not so much the game because there's not much to say in a 38 to three blowout. How about this for the Bears? Brian Dable, we've seen what he did with a a quarterback who looked like a disaster but had all the talent in the world in Buffalo. What about Brian Dable as the head coach for the Chicago Bears next year? And after he gets fired, Vic Fangio comes back and is the long-term defensive coordinator for that squad. What do you think, Dable and Fangio for the Bears?
1: I would be very encouraged if I was a Bears fan with that scenario. I mean, I don't know if those two are buddies or whatever, but they could become friends real fast if they aren't. (laughs) Perfect. I mean, Justin Fields should do cartwheels if he would get that opportunity. They don't even have their first-round pick next year. Um, Last Bucks note, I mean, not a a big deal, but they handled these guys. I mean, Mike Mike Evans with three touchdowns, no A-B, no Gronk, which is just wrong on National Tight End Day, and it really didn't matter at all.
0: All right, we got to finish this last game, and we've got them all in from Sunday week seven. That was Sunday night football at Levi's Stadium. The 49ers losing to the Colts. 30 to 18 Niners in trouble now in that NFC West with a 6 and 0 team and a and a 5 and 1 team or a 6 and 1 team in the Rams the Niners at 2 and 4 now the Colts have a little bit of life at 3 and 4 I saw a stat before the game that whichever one of these two teams wins their chances to make the playoffs would double just from this one win and the team that loses uh, becomes like a one in seven chance of making the playoffs. Mm. So the Niners have a long way to go and multiple teams they'd have to fight for like the, the West is done they're They're not going to get there, but multiple teams to, to fight through to even try to get one of those last wild card spots in the NFC. And the way they're playing right now, I can't see them doing it.
1: No. Uh, I mean, I, I think your Niners are in trouble and the, weather was amazing and obviously it was a, a factor in this game a massive factor and people will kill jimmy and i get that and it's not all his fault but i tweeted it out last night and i think you liked it or responded to it i mean it has to be trey lance from now on as soon as he's healthy just for the the best of the organization i don't know if you can get anything for jimmy at the trade deadline but it's not all his fault but that's just how this league works um, I'm impressed with the Colts. I, I did write them off for dead when Wentz had two two busted up ankles and no Nelson and all these injuries they had in the beginning of the season, the way they started. But they're a well-run team and, you know, Taylor's the driving force. Wentz is playing very well this year, and I don't think that gets reported enough. And they handled the elements in the road and started to pull away quite a bit in the second half. So I was impressed with the Colts.
0: The elements obviously impacted this entire game. Both running backs had the exact same stat line. Taylor and Elijah Mitchell on the other side. Mm -hmm. 18 rushes for 107 yards and a touchdown. Exactly the same for both those backs. Wow! uh, I thought both teams probably could have leaned on their running backs a little bit more because there was some turnovers and some other funky things happening when they didn't. And especially when you get a lead. And I was surprised that Frank Reich and Carson Wentz got so aggressive at the end of the game. But it turned out to work. And I think that was the big takeaway for me is Carson Wentz just going out there making plays. And allowing his guys to make plays, the 49ers secondary has not been able to take the ball away and and do damage to teams. So nobody's worried about the danger of throwing it up there against the 49ers. And we saw that with Qu- uh, Wentz and Pittman in this game to go win it in the fourth quarter when it, almost, it was too aggressive to me. It didn't make any sense. Just run the ball, hand it to Taylor and kneel on it and get out of there. So it's, it's the 49ers multiple problems, but yeah, the San Francisco 49ers organization top to bottom it, Kyle Shanahan's job, John Lynch's job, the entire organization, the, uh, the mental health of the San Francisco 49ers fans. The one thing you have to do is develop Trey Lance. Now when he's ready to go, you got to get him those reps. Niners roster is too good for where they're at at two and four, but something's definitely missing there in that formula. And I don't know how you feel about the Colts. Do you think they legitimately have a shot there in the AFC showing something the last few weeks?
1: I think they could get to be a wild card team. I don't think they can catch the Titans. Titans are playing really well. Um, I'm impressed with where the Colts are, and their schedule loosens up a lot more than it did the first month of the season. Uh, two little notes from this game I really enjoyed watching the left side of the line when the Colts had the ball. Quentin Nelson was awesome, and Bosa was awesome. You know, those two just watching yeah. great players play great was fun. And then you mentioned earlier about, you know, the the Colts being aggressive throwing downfield when they probably didn't have to. I thought that was just a massive indictment on their corners and just felt like every time he threw deep, they were going to drag a receiver down to the ground in the rain and just, you yeah. know, offensive pass interferences were there for the taking.
0: P.I. or a touchdown or a big play, like no worry about yeah. anything bad possibly happening for your offense. Right, right. I said earlier, this is a, and this is a problem for the 49ers offense. No balance. Uh, I well, they're they able to run the ball, so there's run pass balance. But Debo Samuel's over 40 of his of the 49ers targets right now on offense. Second in the NFL, only to Devonte Adams. You know, the first rounder Brandon Ayuk from last year. AWOL. Like they've got to figure some things out with some player development and and get some of their young players going and making a difference in this game on the offensive side of the ball.
1: The Ayuk thing boggles my mind. Kittle being out is massive. Samuel's a great young player, um, but that's not the way it should be drawn up in this offense. He should not be that heavy of a targeted guy. I mean, even dump the ball to running backs a little more or something. I mean, they they need to just, just spread it around.
0: They even put Debo back to return kickoffs to try to get something going on offense. Like, he is their offense right now. All right. Anyway. That is week seven. Let's get into this mailbag tomorrow, Matt, and get back to one of our Twitter Tuesdays since we were able to cover all of the football games from Sunday. We'll obviously recap what happens Monday night football with the Saints and Seahawks, and then get to your questions tomorrow at BDPeacock on Twitter, at Williamson NFL. And thanks, everybody, for making us your first lesson every day right here. Peacock and Williamson.